Yo. What up? Hey. It's Bass and Ryan. Sam will be joining us in, as they say, but a hot minute. Uh, the thing I want to start out with, gentlemen, is uh, you guys were ripping on me for going to Milwaukee to see Danzig. Yeah. And, well, uh, we weren't ripping on you. It was it was like, I think we, it was more just that we would never in a million years do that. I mean, I know that that's got to be a special thing for you. So. <laughs> it's not this guy of ripping on you. I mean, we just, I, made, we just made fun of you because for you that was like a pilgrimage. Well, it was. You know what, base? It's funny you say that because I won't even go across the street to see a band these days. It's weird yeah. that I was so willing to go to Milwaukee. Not only were you willing to go, but you like made a road trip out of it. You called like your closest friends, and you were you were gone. You were taillights. You know what's funny? Real quick, Abe, before you get into your thing, when you told us you were going to Milwaukee, Sam. <laughs> Sam then, like five minutes later, every, you know, it, some time passed, and Sam said, what is it, at, is it at Double Door? He thought he said it was on Milwaukee. Yeah, there's a street in Chicago <laughs> called Milwaukee, so he thought it was on the street. Avenue. He thought there was no way he'd actually be going to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So he's <laughs> going somewhere on Milwaukee Avenue. Well, here, I'll explain really quick how it happened. I, I went to the Corn concert to interview Head from Corn, and yeah. when I was waiting in line to get in, some girl's like, oh, hey, man, you like Danzig? And then she gave me tickets to see. There were two tickets for Danzig, and on the back there were two tickets to see Guar. And I said, "Oh, hey, could I have two more Danzig tickets? I'll trade you back the Guar." She's like, "No, you could just have two of each." So she gave me four tickets for two concerts. Right? right. Now, three of my friends and I are, are the only Danzig fans left on Earth. I think. Yeah. So we always talk about Danzig, like, "Oh, hey, you know, blah blah." I'm like, "Hey, Danzig's coming if you guys want to go." And somehow we. How often does that happen, Ryan, where you get four people to agree to do anything, first of all? Totally. And we yeah, all agree- it worked out that the schedules would, would allow for that. Yeah, so we all agreed to go see Danzig. I and- figure most guys like Danzig as much as you are pretty much ready to go at a moment's notice at all times. That's a good point. Well, that is true, yeah. And this might it's be like his- the, It's like seeing the bat signal in the air. It's like, oh, shit, Danzig's coming. Yeah, you see that we skull? Must, we must assemble. You see that skull? It's like... Wouldn't that be funny if the the skull with the horns was was in the air, like you said, based like the bat signal? (laughs) (laughs) And and people just became walkers and just walked over there. Yeah, Yeah, it's like the Walking Dead when there's a noise. (laughs) They all start walking towards it. Um, (laughs) So, you know, we all agreed to go see Danzig. And these tickets, and here's a little scam. If you're listening to this in Chicago, the Raven Milwaukee... I, Ryan, you've probably seen this. Do you ever go to a concert where they hand you free tickets to go to a show at the Rave? Yes. You know those tickets aren't actual legit tickets? What? They're only... What are they? So they're tickets, but you could only use them if the show doesn't sell out. Oh, it's oh that's waiting bullshit. List, a waiting list deal? But it doesn't even say that. The tickets say must be 21 to redeem, right? So my buddy who went with us, he's like, just so you know... I went to the rave once, and they wouldn't let me in because they said those tickets. So I'm like, no, these have to be something separate because it doesn't say anywhere on the ticket that, you know, any rule, like anything like that. Like, it should say first come, first serve. Or, or does not guarantee admission exactly. or something like that. That's exactly what it should say. This ticket does not guarantee admission. Right. But it said nothing. It said uh, must be 21 to redeem. That's the only thing it said. So I went up there. They're like, oh, we're no longer taking these tickets. I said, What? And they said, yes, yeah, see right there where it says must be 21 to redeem? That means that we don't take them. That's what the guy what? told me. Yeah. And I said, wait, wait, wait. That just, doesn't make sense at all. Must be 21 to redeem. No, I mean, not. does it mean like must be 21 degrees to redeem or something? I mean, what? how, did, how does that even make it ma- sense? It makes no sense. It, it says 20, well, you have to be 21 years old to redeem the ticket. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't no, say anything it. about this is a comp. This is some kind of stupid ticket where... Only if yeah. if it's for a complete loser band, if no one shows up, then you could get in. <laughs> it said nothing like that anywhere. So, right, like I, we always say, Ryan, you could walk into any restaurant, and if you and I pick up a table and walk out, and you act like what you're doing is correct, no one will stop you. Right. So immediately I started dropping old record guys' names that we used to know, and I said, hey, yeah. you know, Rick and uh, Dave, or I was naming names. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I just interviewed Danzig <laughs> on Thursday. I work at a radio You're station. You're telling the people at the box office this? Like, they give a shit? No, this was at the door. Oh, okay. So I said, Danzig offered me regular tickets during the interview. And I this is exactly what I said. 
I said, Danzig offered me tickets and I turned them down because I thought I had legit tickets. And they said, well, sorry, you never turned down free tickets, man. You never want to turn. I said, I need to talk to your manager. I said, I just talked to Danzig on the phone during an interview. That's what I said. Yeah. And, and and so they get the uh, manager guy. I dropped this record label dude's name that I, I don't even know if he's still a record label guy. And I said, yeah, he set up the, he's like, Oh, I know him. I said, yeah. No way. I swear to God. He's like, like, that name sounds familiar. So he's like, you know what? Let me go ask Danzig's manager if he was on your show. And, uh, and I'm like, Oh fuck. Cause I don't think (laughs) Danzig's done any, I think he did one interview in the last like two years. Yeah. So he comes back, (laughs) he comes back looking all like stern, you know, like all tough. Right. And, he hands me a card and it says on the he he just handed it to me like real like slick and it said on the back meet me at the back door. Are you oh serious? My God. Yeah. So so all of us we walk back there <laughs> and there's this other this other security guard who's like no one's getting in in my door no one gets in we're not taking them bullshit tickets nobody getting in here and then I said hey uh, I'm supposed to be at the back door he's like no you're not no one's supposed to be back here and then the head of the security came out he's like yeah he is he's with me so then the security then the, that douchebag door he's like all right i'll make one exception god your boss just told you what to do asshole you're not making any exceptions he yeah. he put you in your place he told right. he told you what was going on okay i'll make this one exception okay thanks asshole now you'll make exceptions all night if they tell you yeah if they bring in 5 million people you'll make every exception <laughs> right. they tell you to bring yeah. in yeah. So, anyways, we, we had four people. He walks us in. He said, "Okay, these these guys are good." And everyone, because I mean, this place had to have been way past fire code. There were so many people in there. Yeah. And he walked us in, and then I did that slick move, Ryan. If you remember, I did it at the Dresden, where I put a twenty in my hand and I shake their hand. Nice. Like Ryan, I did that with the 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 bartender. Remember the bartender <laughs> who got that nice table? Yeah, he gave I us said, a good table, and you. you- I said, hey, hey, thanks again, man. And I put it in my hand, and then when I shake the hand, they feel it, and they slide it off, and they say they give you the eye contact and everything. Right. So that's a, that's a move I like doing sometimes. So I put the 20 in my hand, and I'm like, you know, thanks. Uh, oh, hey, thanks again. No, 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 I'm not taking anything. I'm not taking anything. So anyways, it all worked out. I well, I was going to say, when you, when you gave the 20, did they just set up a table right there in front of the uh, stage? No, but by, by, <laughs> but by me giving him the 20, it probably made me look like I shouldn't. I was lying about everything, right? Cause like well, if, that was my first thought. I didn't want to harpoon this story because it's an awesome story so far. But I, my first thought was, that's what you would do if you didn't belong. Well, I just said, oh, you know, you're so nice. I had to make it clear. I'm like, oh, you're just very nice. Right, right. So I want to give you this. No, I get it. But but the minute I handed it to him and he said no, then I immediately felt like, oh, fuck, my cover is blown. Yeah. So anyways, I guess the, t- the, the the whole point of this is that anytime you have anything going on, you act like you, you, you have to be adamant that what you're saying is true. Like, I yeah, had the complete it's, it's story. I, it's not what you say. It's, it's, it's really, it's not even what you say or what you do. It's how you do it. It's how you say it. It's how you do it. It's for, not what you're doing. You could, honestly, like, you know, something like, guy who's like a park ranger or like a, a veterinarian could go up there and be like, yeah, I know uh, Mike Scheid with Warner Music Group, and he's not getting in. Yeah. Because it's how he says it. You know what I mean? You just have to... <laughs> Mike like, Scheid. You have to, <clears throat> you have to believe it, you know? And, and you do. You did. Clearly it worked. Did you just get regular GA, or was it like, did he like go a step further and put you guys like in a, in a <laughs> VIP <area? laughs> No, just it, it's one of those just open places where you. Pretty much, I, I'm right. sure there's a VIP area, but no, we just got yeah. the regular tickets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but even if he walked back out and didn't give me that card that said "Meet me at the back door," it was actually said "Meet me at the front door" because I was at the side to get in. Even right. if he didn't do that, and he said, "You know what? I just talked to Danzig's manager. He didn't do any reviews." I'd be like, "Did you talk to Blaze?" Oh yeah, you just keep pushing. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have, if I if that didn't get me in, I would not have stopped there. I would have continued the lie over and over. I was going to say a two-hour trip for Abe, you would have thrown everything and anything I've done. And, and worst right. case scenario, I would have bought tickets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fine, I'll pay the five, I'll pay the five dollar admission. That's not one you just turn around and get back in your car for. You ever no. see those five dollar admission fees? <laughs> <laughs> You ever see those white trash ladies who have those, like, dirty-looking eyes? They're, like, red. Like, they look like they've been crying, but they haven't. 
Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Ryan, or no? Yeah, 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 I do. Base, you do? I do. Those disgusting red eyes, but they're not crying. This woman, the first woman I saw there had those eyes, and she's like, No! Uh-uh! I'm sick of talking to all yous! I'm sick of talking to all yous about this! Oh, no God. one's getting in! Okay. They speak like that in Milwaukee? Le- I-, I love how they... I love. Well, she probably sounded People with red eyes talk like that all the time. But <laughs> you, know, you know what's you fucked t- up? Obviously, everyone didn't know that those weren't real tickets, or they wouldn't be trying to get in. So, like, she's yelling at everyone, like, we should know better. And how don't yeah, you know? Not, how don't you know these are these tickets are a scam? Right, that's not an assumption. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you have those, you everyone with those in their hands needs to firsthand hear the explanation of why they're not getting in. That's not you're not like four people deep, and you see people turned away, and you're like, oh, looks like we're out of here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you wait until you're at the door so she can tell you in person why why. What's going on? And after yeah. a two-hour drive, you don't just leave. It's not like that easy. You don't just say, oh, let's go back to Chicago. No, after, after two hours, the only way you're getting back in your car is if a cop is escorting you there. Exactly. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, otherwise you're just going to camp out and just put your ear to the door. You're going to at least talk shit for an hour before you oh, leave yeah. in a huff. Yeah. Milwaukee is not like it's not like Chicago where you can like just go to another bar, go to another place. Milwaukee, besides like that concert, closes down. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, but we were there specifically for oh, the Bulls beat the yeah. Cavaliers. No, I know, but it, it'd be one thing to be like, okay, we didn't get to the concert. Let's just go to a another bar. I'm sure it's open right now. No, everything is shut down in Milwaukee. There'd be nothing mm-hmm. else for you to do but go to like a White Castle and go home. Big win for the I Bulls, mean, guys. Ninety-seven, ninety-five. D Rose, eighteen points. Nice way to start out the season. Now back with Obama in the house. Yeah, Obama was there today. Worst case scenario, I think, in that situation is if there's no one selling tickets, if it's sold out, if they're not budging, is like you just you just keep going until they get fed up with you enough to the point of letting you in. Yeah, I wouldn't have stopped because we. It's not like I ever go to Milwaukee. And I haven't said I'm from Chicago. I, I have no idea. I had no idea. No one would know these tickets aren't legit. Yeah, she right here. It says 21. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make sense. That still makes no sense to me. It's not like I went to the Chipotle around the corner and the free burritos ran out. That's when you just yeah. leave. Like if you go yeah. to Chipotle on free burritos and say, oh, you know, we're all out. Oh, really? That sucks. Then you leave. But how'd that happen, Abe? You would have had to spend the last 10 minutes convincing us that you went out to a sold-out dancing concert that you couldn't get into. Yeah, that would have been pathetic if I couldn't even get me in. me and Ryan would not have believed that it was sold out that you couldn't just walk <laughs> right in there. <laughs> well, Super Joint Ritual, Phil Anselmo, the lead singer of Pantera, his band opened. He's one of those guys that's so annoying, you wonder how anyone even like lets him into their lives. Like He's right, such like, a vile human being. Join a band with him. Yeah, anyone. Like, even though he's, like, a legendary metal singer, you wonder why anyone would ever want to be around him at all for any amount of time. Right. Yeah. He was doing that thing where he, you hold down one nostril and you blow snot out of the other one. Ugh. He did that the whole concert, blowing. And it, it came out, the snot from his nose came out like a super soaker, like one squirt of a super soaker. Oh. <laughs> ah, dude. I can picture that. A full squirt. Whoosh. Every time. How did he have that much long fluid in his nose? And he'd blow it out. He would do that about every two minutes. It was, just all, it was just all cocaine coming out of his nose. And, and in between the nose juice, he was spitting. Oh. Wouldn't, if you, what now, a scumbag. If, if you guys were on stage, wouldn't you not want spit everywhere on it? Like, why is that? <laughs> yeah, why is that I mean, accepted? I think- I think that, I mean, if you're like Yo-Yo Ma playing cello, I think it's, you know, funny you know, you're probably going to kill you. I don't think in that instance at the rave in Milwaukee, at, for the Danzig and Phil Anselmo crowd, I, I don't think, I think spit's the last thing they're worried about, right? Well, yeah. I think, if I, I think if I ever took a stage and I was comfortable enough to start blowing snot rockets, I'd have to rethink my career. <laughs> like right now, in front of all these people, I'm going to put my nostril and blow as hard as I can. You're pretty much just saying this is not the place. I don't do that. Like, if I'm taking the garbage out and I have a snot rocket, I won't do that in our condo complex. Yeah. Like, I don't want, I don't want like, a neighbor down the way to see me. Anyone who does that is just a scumbag. <laughs> I, I, do you know anyone who does that snot thing where they hold one side of their nose and just squirt out? That's just a scumbag move. Yeah, I, I will do that in the shower maybe, like, once a week, you know, just to, like, clean out. But 
I don't, that's not something I do publicly or ever. Yeah, not just on the stage every three seconds. And just not, I mean, <laughs> doesn't he even care at all that there's a bunch of people looking at him? Like, why, why isn't that ever in consideration? He has about a thousand people staring at him. If I have people staring at me, I'm not going to blow snot out of my nose. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he doesn't even, he could care less at all. He's just so, all he cares about is just being an asshole all the time. Like, while, while the drums were playing, he was throwing uppercuts. Yeah, man. Oh, you motherfuckers. And just the shit he says in between the songs. Oh, you motherfuckers. Fuck yeah. I want to see this pit. I want to see everyone beating the shit out of each other in this pit, man. God. It's just horrible. We were actually talking about this morning on uh, on Mancow, and some guy called in, and I said, oh, he's blowing snot all over. And then uh, the guy goes, oh, yeah, man, but Phil does that every time. So okay. It, so it's just accepted, I guess, if you're a, a fan of Phil, that he's going to be blowing snot all over the stage, and that's just cool, I guess. Phil? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mother... He goes, this song's for the... Ch-. And every song is just like... <laughs> That's every single Super Joint Ritual song. And and he goes, this one's for the chicks. I got a big, veiny cock. You know what I mean? I'm going to slide it in. That's exactly what he said. This and is- while he's saying it, do you just hear that, that, that drum bass is going... Oh, yeah. You know, I always wonder... I might have, I might have mentioned something like this before, but guys like him, there are a few people you can mention, and I... My brain instantly goes to how to stay unwind, like at night. Like, <laughs> like what, when he's not on tour, or even when he is on tour, what are his like comfy clothes like? Does he just wear like Adidas shorts and a tank top to go to sleep? How does a guy like that just kick back? Like, what yeah. Does, what does that look like for a guy like Phil Anselmo? Doesn't he always what just... His, what are his comfies like? Well, doesn't he just end up like fainting in whatever, or like he just passes out in whatever he had on that day? And then wakes guessing, up just yeah. like his head is all red from whatever his head leaned up against. He's covered in dry <laughs> snot and like he, the, the sleep, the sleep in his eyes must be like an inch thick. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, oh fuck, man. And then he just picks up the closest beer and starts drinking it. A warm beer that was just laying next to him. <laughs> and then it all and then it all begins again the next day. And what I, I'd say yeah. the only downtime he has is when he wakes up in like a, a pile of bottles until his he's around another human being. So right. like he'll wake up all disheveled, and no matter how big of an asshole you are, you're going to be super uncomfortable and you're going to feel like shit. So at least for that amount of time, it's downtime for him until he sees someone else. What the fuck you looking at? I'll kick your ass. <laughs> I'll kick your fucking teeth down your throat, motherfucker. Anyone who says motherfucker like that too, motherfucker, they're all assholes. No one nice says motherfucker. Like, I don't even say, I I would never threaten someone and say, listen up, motherfucker. I can't even say it right. I don't even sound tough doing it. Fuck you, motherfucker. I couldn't even do that. But they go, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) This is for all the chicks. I got a big, veiny dick. Put it in there. All right, this song's called Pussy. God. <laughs> oh fuck! There was a guy out there too screaming about Jesus. It was. I felt like this really felt like some kind of like Wayne's World situation because we walked up. It was sold out. There were tons of people waiting to get in, and there was some guy outside screaming about Jesus will save you. Jesus will save you. I, I tried to interview him, but he just kept saying the same shit. He like he wouldn't talk. But sounds like the universe is trying to tell you that you should not be at this concert. Well, yeah, that's true. But but when's the last time you guys went to a concert where there was a guy screaming about Jesus? That's like something from like an '80s movie or something. <laughs> he was outside screaming about Jesus will save you. Jesus will save you. And I'm like, what? Jesus doesn't like dancing. He just kept talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now, Ryan, you had an interesting night out on Sunday. You went to the WWE pay per view. And you and your girlfriend caught John Cena's T-shirt, right? Correct. Yeah, ended up giving it to a kid, a little kid who wanted it way more than either of us. But was it like that 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 sick kid that was in front of you guys? No, it wasn't him. It was a kid next to us who like jumped over six chairs and almost tackled both of us to get it. And he just looked so dejected after she caught it. I just took a picture with her holding it, and then 
I was like, what are we going to do with Cena's t-shirt? Just give it to that kid. Well, I was going to ask you, have you been like wearing it as a nightgown and jerking off in it or anything? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I didn't. We just we gave it back to him. By the time, because Abe, I, I sent you a picture of Jill holding it, and I said, Jill just caught Cena's t-shirt. And Abe, Abe's first question was, what does it smell like? Well, yeah. Is it, is it like a new shirt? Is it cologne? It is it body shirt. odor? It was a new shirt. No, it was stiff. It was like a new. It was a new shirt. This is a real question. Really have a Wait, are right. you are, are you guys at that part in your relationship where she knows exactly how big of a wrestling fan you are? Were you were you able to just give it away like that, or were you just like? Uh, hey, she knew that the first day we ever hung out. No, that's something <laughs> I can keep from somebody. But wait, wait, Ryan. Wait, these are real questions. Do you guys smell like the armpits of the shirt, or where do you smell? I don't think either of us put it up to our nose, Abe. Well, then, by the time you would ask that question, we gave it away. I mean, it was—you could tell it was a new shirt. It was stiff, like a new shirt. Who smells the armpit? Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, how do? You, how, how, where would it stink? It didn't stink. We wouldn't smell it. I would never smell John Cena's shirt during a lot. Like, I would smell it in the car, maybe, and answer your question. You—I I I just pic- I picture you smelling it and jerking off that night. To the smell. <laughs> well, we didn't have it that night, and that's not something I would do. I'm not that big of a fan. You know did he Did he look at you guys and toss it at you, or is it one of those things where he just threw it and, no, and he just got it? I contact with me and then threw it in our direction, and Jill grabbed it. You know that's what's fucked up, cool. Ryan? I was watching it on delay, and I all I cared about was seeing you guys catch that shirt, and they didn't even show him throw the shirt on the pay-per-view. Ah. Uh, he came to the ring. Wearing the shirt, and then um, he was wrestling um, Alberto Del Rio. And as soon as Alberto Del Rio's music hit, they showed Alberto Del Rio. Then they flashback to Cena, and he had no shirt on. You can see us at one point during the Divas match. They went into the crowd. They were right in front of us. And you can I watched it back. You can see us there. I'll send you a screenshot of were it. Were you like, get her? I was taking a picture of, I think, Nikki Bella's ass, and Jill was just sitting there with her <laughs> mouth open. <laughs> and then you met Mick Foley's daughter, right? Yeah, Noelle Foley. She's so hot. And how old is she? She's dumb as hell, though. She's a dumb, dumb, dummy. Well, yeah, she seems like a. Hey, she was a I moron in, like, in, in in the movie when Mick Foley almost died. She was crying. Well, she was like five or three years of it. Yeah, uh, she's like twenty four, twenty five, or something. But it was. I mean, it was an interesting. I've been to a lot of wrestling events, and I'm not going to much about wrestling. But it was. It was interesting. That was my first one. And, in Los Angeles, and I, I was just shocked at the amount of celebrities around us on the floor. So, really? Clark, Joe Manganiello, Seth Green, Rick Rubin. We have to think about it. The they, all, they all live there. So, anyone who's a wrestling fan, of course, they're all going to be there. Yeah, but I, it was just you know that. But I, it's just different to be like, hey, there's so and so right next to you. Or you know, I was we were sitting next to Adam Jones, the guitar player of Tool, and you were um, talking to him, right? Yeah, I mean, I sat next to him the whole night. We were talking to. Him, I was asking him. I said, I don't expect you to tell me what, you know, what's going on with Tool, but any uh, any plans for new stuff? And he said, man, I wish I had something to tell you. He's killing us. And I'm guessing he meant being Maynard James Keenan. That is pretty cool, though, that you get to see all those like celebrities while you're at a wrestling event. Yeah. In Chicago, it's like every independent wrestling guy, Tony Scarpone, and whoever else got like free <laughs> tickets from the radio station. <laughs> Yeah. And there's a guy like Abe doing like the ring announcements. So, I mean, you never get to see like, oh, there's Seth Green. You know, that, that would make oh. the night. Yeah, in LA, in LA, they have Sylvester Stallone doing the intro. Yeah. Right, yeah. But it, 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 it's interesting, though. You could see that there was actually thought put into who they were putting where. Because, like, all the, the people that were visible were on the. They were going to be on camera. So, like, Mark Wahlberg's got a, he's got the, a seat right behind the announcers. You know, they give them the good space and then, like, they gave, like, a cancer kid, me and Jill, and Ryan Kelly from the Lakers, all the seats that aren't going to be on camera. <laughs> How did you get your tickets? Did, did, did you guys get them through your work or what? I got them through uh, that, the, our WWE contact. What did you oh, say? Wow. You said, hey, um... I sent him an email and said, hey, you know, you hooked me up in Chicago. I moved out to L.A. I'm working for iHeartMedia now. Is there any... I mean, I don't know if you have anything to do with the L.A. And he goes, hey, no problem. Let me, let me uh, send this on to our L.A. guy. And it also helped. I think this might have helped because Jill. It's just like how I got into the Danzig concert. You just act like you know what you're doing. It was a lot of. I don't even know if I'd ever talked to that guy at WWE before. I pretended like he took good care of me. I was like, is that the one who I sent? Is that the guy who I sent you the contact? Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's a guy we've never talked to ever. No, that's what I thought. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
but I think it helped because that that Friday before on on Jill's show in the morning on my FM out here, they did a break about how she was going to the show. Oh, she was really? so excited! It was a very oh, good, cool. positive break. So I sent him that audio. I said, "Hey, you know, here's my girl. Just uh, hey, in case you guys collect media mentions, here's the. Hold on one second. Sam's calling. All right, the whole crew's back together in three, two, one. So Ladies I and gentlemen, said, Sam Cannon. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> so I, said, I said, I don't know if you guys like collect media mentions, but I just wanted to pass this on, it's like a positive thing. And I think that might have been what sealed it, what got us like the, the fourth row seat. Nice. Now, was it like was it like so Hollywood there that once you got to go to the bathroom, there was like seat fillers for you guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like at the Oscars? <laughs> no, not at all. It wasn't like that at all. <laughs> Wait, have you guys been talking about Hell in a Cell for forty minutes? Or? No, no, we, we just, just talked. Just oh. talk. I was asking Ryan if he was jerking off while wearing Cena's t-shirt as a nightgown. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what would he, Sam, if you had some kid next to you that wanted that shirt, you wouldn't give it to him, right? You would just put it right on, right? Uh, it depends on who the kid is. Just some kid you don't know. But the kid looked real pathetic. On, well, well, I mean, yeah, it depends on if the kid has any ailments. No, no, any ailments. no ailments. Well, it depends on their economic status, then. Oh, they, my God. Were you able to tell, Ryan? Who was that rich kid who probably has had a better life than me in seven yeah. years? <laughs> for seven years of life, I would keep the shirt. Well, the kid was in yeah, what, Ryan? Yeah, the fifth the row? Probably knows the kid's in, in the, the fourth fifth, row. Yeah, the fourth row. So, obviously, someone has money or he knows someone. So, right. like, so Ryan, you, you stole a kid's shirt away or something? No, we, or? we gave it to him. We, oh. I mean, Jill caught in a shirt and we're... We Pussy. both sat there for a second, and this kid did like a a flying, like <laughs> you know, leap toward the shirt, and he almost injured himself trying to grab the thing away from us. And we just took a picture with it, and we were like, "What? Honestly, it was going to be more of a hassle to hold that shirt all night than just to give it to the kid who wanted it more than we did." Sam would have just now gave the kid if, a, now, a punch now, in now, the face. If, right now, what if after the show that kid got backstage and Cena was like, "What are you doing with that shirt? I actually meant to give that to Ryan Mano." <laughs> I mean. Then I would be disappointed that John intended for me to have it. But Ryan, did you look at the? Did, what, did it say? The or John Cena's kid? What, Ryan, when you open, when you like turn the shirt inside out, there's a backstage pass that says Ryan, meet me in the back. Like you probably didn't even see that. <laughs> no. Did it have? Did it have fake tickets to Danzig's concert coming up in LA? Yeah. Here's four uh, tickets. Here's four tickets. See, and then it says on the top, "Must be 21 to redeem." And it says, "Thanks, John you know, Cena." You know how like. It- you guys know, like, in the 80s, like, um, 80s rock bands would, like, maybe toss, like, a handkerchief out to, like, the girls they wanted backstage. Oh, and, yeah. Like, point them out. Yeah, maybe that's, that's what he was doing. Like, he wanted you backstage. <laughs> that would suck if, honestly, it, 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 all of your scenarios have been bullshit up until this point. But that oh, would be great. <laughs> no, that would suck if, if we handed it to the kid and, like, two agents in WWE in suits with earpieces came over and they were like, Right this way, young man. John would like to <laughs> <laughs> And it becomes... Uh, he, he goes to jail for being a pedophile because they think that they're reading the note that he wrote to you and it's for a little kid. They thought it was like Jared talking about his little kids. Right see, this- that, that's where it gets ridiculous because that would imply that the note was pre-written so John was looking Scanning the audience before he came out. <laughs> he probably was. That, Ryan, that's what they do. They have the ro- they have the roadie, and they're like, "There's a real handsome young man, a young twink in the front row." Uh, we looked up his information. His name's Ryan Mano, and then they showed Cena. He's like, "Yeah, I like that, brother." Uh, let me let me write a little note to him. And writes the note right before he goes out. That's what he's doing, writing a note to me. They're like, "John, what, Ryan, John- it says on the note. It says on the note, you you can see me with." And it's a picture. Of it. It's, it's a it's a hand. Sorry. It's a picture of the hand over his dick. It says, you can see me backstage right. after the show. Well, I wasn't, wasn't going to go that far with it. I was wondering why John Cena gave me a letter with glitter all over it. <laughs> and they're like, John, what if you actually throw it to someone else? He's like, believe me, I never miss. I always throw it to the right <laughs> I never miss. This is the first time he missed a little kid. That would be funny if Cena's like in a disguise, you know, like that boy. If he's like wearing a trench coat and like an Inspector Gadget hat. No, he's like Slug- he's like Slugworth from Willy Wonka. Right, right. If he's dressed like Slugworth and he's expecting me to come whistling around the corner and that little kid comes. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm, I'm, guys, I'm going to throw out a really, a really uh, kind of niche reference that maybe nobody will get, but 
there was an episode of Growing Pains in the 80s where um, uh, Ben Stever went to a George Michael concert. Right? No, it wasn't, was George, it wasn't George Michael, but I know the one you're talking about. It was, no, it definitely was George Michael because he got backstage and George Michael like met him and everything, but he was really interested in groupies. So later on, like Ben Stever goes back into his dressing room and then he has all these women in there and he starts like yelling at Ben. Maybe Cena's like that, like he is just interested in groupies and like the kid thing is like, yeah, I'll, like shake hands with the kids, but really when I toss these shirts, I'm looking for, as Abe would say, young twinks. I didn't know <laughs> Cena was gay, <laughs> but. How would you handle that though, Ryan, honestly? Cena brings you backstage. It doesn't say anything about him wanting to have sex or anything, but the t-shirt just gives yeah, you a backstage. You're just going to hang out. No, it just gives right. you a backstage pass and says, hey man, you, you can see me backstage. Here's a backstage pass. Um, and then you go back there, and you're—he's real cool. You're like, "Hey, can I get a picture?" He's like, "Hey, man, leave your girlfriend here. I want to show you. Uh, I want to show you where the boys hang out." And then before you know it, he's like grabbing your ass or something. Like, what would you do? Um, well, I would definitely talk about it on the podcast. I would—that would, would be—we would have opened with that this week if that had happened. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I almost might let him molest me and then. I mean, if he wants to have his way with you, there's yeah. really nothing you can do like he, about Like, it. he could pick up the big show and throw him across the ring. He'll have no problem right. manhandling you. Right. I mean, I guess the, should... the only way out is if he's a gentleman at that point. Is the what? Be a gentleman? No, if he's a so gentleman. If he's a gentleman. Because if he's not a gentleman, you're pretty much... Oh, yeah. Or if he doesn't have it. my mouth covered, I would just try to scream. Because my, my first thought would be... <laughs> I, my my hope would be that there would be someone with ECC that works for WWE that would not allow rape to happen nightly. By, 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 by the way, Ryan, send send your WWE contact this audio clip too and see what he thinks. No. See, if, see if you get four Ryan, you, tickets again. <laughs> Even if you scream, though, you know you know he's like he's like Paulie from Goodfellas in jail. Like they know what he's doing, but they all just kind of close their ears to it. Like they shut the door. You know, they hear you screaming, but they're not going to do anything because it's John Cena. Sam. Right. So. Sam, I don't, think, I, mean, I don't think you were on when Ryan said, um, so Ryan's girlfriend works on a show called Valentine in the Morning in Los Angeles. It's at, What's the name of the station, Ryan? My FM? Yes, sir. So Ryan said he sent them that audio clip of her talking about it. I don't know if you were on yet, Sam, but that, like, put it over the top and Ryan got fourth row seats. Could you imagine, though, if, she, if he got a hold of this clip talking about Cena raping Ryan in a bathroom? <laughs> Yeah, that would probably be the end of the connection. Honestly, <laughs> what is your is I think they're coming back in April. What if we go and we're at like four hundred level? Yeah. I think you're seeing by Sinbad. He, he still gives me the tickets, but they're just nosebleed. Yeah, it's you, Sinbad, DJ from uh, Roseanne. Uh this is like the biggest losers. Uh Luke Luke Walton's cousin or something. Why why is it still a celebrity section though? Well, because you think Sinbad well, gets... Well, there's, a good, there's a good and bad celebrity section. Well, the, the losers are up to 400. with the population. He has to sit with Sinbad and DJ <laughs> from Roseanne. But it's like you're never going to turn down Roseanne from or DJ from Roseanne, but you're going to give him just shitty seats. So they're like, oh, yeah, right. Don't worry. We heard, we heard you talking about John Cena taking you in the shower and saying you were hoping he'd be a gentleman. <laughs> in my defense, though... You guys are the only ones that have said anything along, even remotely along those lines. I think I'm still safe. Yeah. We're all fucked, but... <laughs> if you, if you really think DJ from Roseanne has any connections at all at this point, like, if he calls <laughs> this is DJ from Roseanne, he'll get something out of it? I think that that ship sailed 20 years ago for DJ. You don't think... You don't I think, think even when he was on Roseanne, he wasn't getting any perks. <laughs> <laughs> Was was, he was there a horrible act? Was there a TV character on, on a show that big that had that little bit of an impact? Oh, his name's Michael Fishman. <laughs> Michael, Michael Fishman, Fishman, yeah. Like that kid, no one ever gave a fuck about. Like he, ne- no, he was never a heartthrob. No. He never became no. like uh, like Jonathan Taylor he was, Thomas. He was never on like Tiger Beat or anything. Yeah, he was just right. some ugly loser. Even when he was supposed to be cute, he was still just ugly and stupid. Yeah, and it's you know there there's just there's a collection of people like that who i don't know his real name do you guys know his real name michael fishman okay so you know, I, I didn't know that I by the way I, I looked, ryan i looked like, it up don't i, I looked oh, it I up you. i didn't know that 
The cutoff for someone like that, I think David Faustino is the, like, last person who could use his name and not have to say Bud Bundy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what's his name? Michael Fishman? Yeah. (laughs) Like, any time his name appears on a document... After it, it has to say DJ from Roseanne. Exactly. You're right. You can never just send. You can never send something that says, "Hey, you got any tickets, Michael Fishman?" Be like, "What?" Hey, uh, Vince, uh, we need six tickets for Michael Fishman. Was that DJ from Roseanne? (laughs) Motherfucker. Give him, no, give him four, <laughs> give him four comps, and give him two half price tickets. If he wants just the four comps, that's fine. Tell him we can't do six. Tell him we can do half. And half. He, he, he at that point, at that point, you're, at that point, you're legally changing your name from DJ to Roseanne. From Roseanne. Or Vince, oh, McMahon, yeah. or Vince McMahon's like. I don't know if Vince immediately knows it's DJ. <laughs> yeah. oh, Michael, DJ I, was gonna say, I was just going to say that has never happened. Where someone goes, hey, uh, Michael Fishman's on the line. Oh, DJ from Roseanne. No one's <laughs> <laughs> Vince is like. Get alone some high powered executive. Vince is like, send him the living social and Groupon links. <laughs> I love it. Vince McMahon knows. DJ from Roseanne's real mate. That's so funny. Like, immediately. Wait, is that David Faustine? Oh, no. That's Bud Bundy. Oh, Fishman's DJ, right? Oh, Fishman. (laughs) 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 I mean, there was a time, though, when they were getting guys like David Fishman in WrestleMania in matches. Who? There was a time when they would have taken any celebrity in a match. What's Michael yeah. Fishman doing here from Roseanne? <laughs> That's DJ Connor. <laughs> we know him, guys. He's from Lanford, Illinois. You know, DJ Connor. <laughs> Keep getting the ringy to take X-Pac. <laughs> I'm here for one. He just say this. I'm here for one reason. That he would drop the mic and just spear X-Pac. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you know, you know he'd be wearing a leather jacket, too. Oh, yeah. The young... Not a real jacket. One of those, like, yeah. oversized pleather jackets. Yeah. The young upstart Michael Fishman. You guys might know him as DJ Connor from Roseanne. The ugly kid with the bull haircut. <laughs> hey, speaking of bull haircuts, Bass sent a picture the other day of him wearing a blonde wig. And he said it was a Halloween costume. And I said, what are you? And he said, I'm a douchebag. What, well, that's you, what the wig was called, a douchebag uh, wig. But, base, you were just wearing your regular clothes and you had a wig on. And you said that the costume no, was I a douchebag. I also bought one of those fake sleeve tattoos that you couldn't see. Well, e- either way, even with the sleeve tattoo, you were wearing your normal day-to-day outfit with a blonde wig. So you're basically just saying if you had hair, you'd be a douchebag. Pretty much. I just don't understand. I, how- I, thought that was your, I thought that was your real hair because you said you were growing it back out, and I haven't seen <laughs> <with> it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was a wig. If I, I could grow it back like that, I would never have been bald to begin with. Yeah, you okay. don't go from bald to having luscious, long blonde hair. I know, but kind of flowing in my eyes. I just, I just didn't understand how just wearing a blonde wig made you a douchebag. Oh, I'm a douchebag, of course. Duh. Well, you get to a certain point when you have a kid, you're not really getting dressed. You're not really going all out with costumes anymore. So, you just get a wig. Nobody's used to seeing me like that. So, Sam, kind of made it easy. Remember, Sam, do you remember our friend Mark who was going to go out in blackface and say he was Frank Thomas one year? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. We were when only like, that? we were like seven or eight, this maybe eight. Early 90s. Oh, I thought you meant like last year no no we were probably like 10 years old and he he had a first back remember back then they would sell white Sox jerseys without names on the back like you could just yeah. buy a baseball jersey and he was wearing a white Sox jersey and he goes oh i'm just gonna be frank thomas and then he came to our house with no makeup on i said oh who are you he goes oh i'm robin ventura <laughs> that, that means that means probably his parents saw him and told him to go wash that off yeah they saw him putting blackface on I, I, I think that was back though when blackface was still accepted. Like Joey Lawrence on Give Me a Break wore blackface. And I, Rowdy Roddy Piper wrestled Bad News Brown in blackface. No one cared. So I think I don't think it was as, as big of a deal as it is now. That being said, it probably wouldn't have been a good idea to p- put black paint on <laughs> your frame. Like, and it wasn't even like, you know, like brown paint. It was like mud paint, like dark yeah. black mud. 
Oh, I'm See, friend I, Tom. I, I know this probably isn't like you know kosher to say this or PC to say this anymore, but I do think there are degrees of blackface. Like when Julianne Hoff went as that character from Orange is the New Black, she just looked she looked white, she looked brown. But then there's like that minstrel show blackface where you do like the dark mud with like the, the big <laughs> ring around your lips. Like that's the blackface you're not supposed to do. I, here's what I don't get, Ryan. That's a good point, though. Like, it, okay, so if I was going as Bill Cosby, right, my skin doesn't cut it. Let's use Bass as a better example because Bass is much lighter than me. If Bass went out as Bill Cosby, he can't just go out with that white skin. You have to tone. Well, your the skin. answer is the answer is though, just don't go out as Bill Cosby. I mean, it's, yeah, there's a lot of other costumes. If I'm considering being Bill a black Cosby. guy, I'm go. I have a problem with Halloween. <laughs> Seriously, that, that's I think that's the real point here. Is like if if your short list includes black anything <laughs> and you're white, like you're not thinking hard enough. Like, there's a lot of other things to do. That, that's not your only. Yeah. And if, and, if I, and if I looked in the mirror and said, you know what, with a little black paint, I think I got to pull off Bill Cosby. <laughs> it would be one I, I, I am smoking entirely too much crack. It would be so different if we all just for years looked at base and we were like, oh my God, you're the white Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he looked exactly like Bill Cosby and decided to do a darker coat, he might be able to get away with it. But... How funny would it be to see, though, how funny would it be to see base with a sweater on and he'd be gluing skin tags all over his cheeks and black makeup over the skin tags. Oh, I'm Bill Cosby. Rudy! <laughs> if you look back at Bill Cosby, he did wear sweatpants a lot on the Cosby show. Anytime he wasn't like working, he always had those skin-tight sweatpants with his ass all high. He had that high ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think he wore those on purpose so that he could get more friction? I'm sure now, now knowing what he was up to, yeah. Because guys, and it's to... way easier to take your dick out in sweatpants than it is in jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he'd always want them to see the outline of it too. In those, I, oh, yeah. I, I got to look back at some episodes and see if you could actually see it in his sweatpants. Well, that's quite all right. <laughs> Yeah, that's not an assignment I would want to do. Is yeah, I'm not going to go through reruns of the Cosby show to see an outline of his dick. No, but I'm just wondering, like, if he was, like, any time there was a female on the show, if he was hard. I love how you were wondering that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wondering. You wonder if Denise really left the show because, what's her real name? Lisa Bonet, right? I wonder if she yeah. really left because he was trying to have sex with her. Remember she left the show over because Bill Cosby didn't want her wearing her wedding ring or something on the show, and he was all Mr. Wholesome. Meanwhile, he's having sex with everyone in that little office he had. <laughs> Denise! Like, like it's a real office. <laughs> I bet I bet he treated it like a real office. He would do all the auditions. Why do you think Cousin Pam got a job? She was probably doing sick shit to him. Oh, by the way, I uh, I had a flat tire. Yeah, and I went to one of those like ghetto tire shops, you know, where they plug it up. Right. And the gangbanger who was like, not 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 the so there's the main guy, right? The the guy who speaks English, who's very nice. Yeah. Hello, sir. Of course we will. Of course, like anything you say. Of course, of course. Yeah, he was the nicest guy ever. And then behind him was a guy in a like a, it looked like a prison jumpsuit with like, <laughs> and all he kept doing was staring at me. Like, he wanted to kill me. And and I kept, like, turning my head to not make eye contact with him. And every time I turned back, he was still staring at me. <laughs> like, what kind, of, what kind of work environment is that? Like, I'm a customer getting a tire plugged up. And every time well, I look at this guy's... That's not dealing with you. That's why they have the one guy who knows what customer service is and the rest of them... It's basically like a handler. Like, that guy's the handler of all the... All the inmates? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, or it's like, it's like uh, people in prison who are doing, like, public work outside, like, cleaning garbage. He's the one guy who's, like, you know, dealing with the customers. Right. 
Yes, of course, sir. Of course, of course. Yes, yes. Well, of course we will do it. Of course we will. Then I'm sitting in their shitty waiting room, and this other guy comes to me. He's like, El queso, I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, English. Only English. He was screaming something in Spanish, and he did it three times. And then he's like, ah! Like he did, ah! Like a, like a disgusted sound, and he like like slammed his hand down. Like, oh! You know, like, like get the fuck out of here type wave with your hand. Right, right. He did one of those, and then walked away. Then I'm like, what you the You know what I've noticed? I, I had an interaction real quick. Don't, don't, I'm not trying to throw you off your story, but there's a face that people make. So, like, we had um, a guy come and patch a hole in our ceiling. We had a hole in our ceiling from an air conditioner issue. And he only spoke Spanish. And he was trying really hard to speak English. But, and I, I found myself, and every time I'm in this situation, there's a specific face people make when people are talking another language to them. And you're trying really hard to, like, communicate. There's a face you make. And, and next time you guys are in that situation, just real quick, think about the face you're making. It's like a half smile, half like you smell a fart, and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> trying so hard. You don't want to be a dick, but you're just yeah. like, nodding. Yes. And you're like, you're smi- yeah, the half smile and nod. Yep. You're doing a lot of nodding. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of nodding, and you're just, you're just waiting. You're hanging on for one thing you understand. Like, is he going to say a number that I might get? Like, what's. I don't even know what he's talking about. Is he talking about a time, a price? Is he talking about paint color? Don't you You're hate... listening to one context clue to give you where this guy's headed. Don't you hate the white people who dumb down English, even though they don't understand the word dog? They're not going to understand if you say dog. Yeah, like like they, they'll, they'll Hello, essay. Yes, we are trying to get our ceiling patched up. By you doing that, they still don't. You're just sounding like an asshole. Like yeah, I said, now you're sounding condescending, and yeah. they, it doesn't make it any clearer for them. If they don't no. understand your language, talk slower, faster, you want. We like to get ceiling patch up. He still doesn't know those words just because you're talking to him like an <laughs> asshole now. If you just said, "Hey, I want to get my ceiling patched," you see, we would like to get. Our ceiling patched up. Coma, uh, and they, coma? And they always, they always try to like accent like some sort of Spanish word on top of it. They'll be like, we would like to patch the car yeah. Oh, my God. I, I've, I've always hated those people who call Mexican people amigo. When they're, even, even if they're trying to be nice, oh, what's up, amigo? I know it means friend, and, and but can't you just say friend? I'm pretty sure every Mexican guy knows what friend means. Just like how right. I know what amigo means. Do you have to be an asshole like that? Oh, hey, amigo. Yeah, because if you think about it in reverse, if you went into that, that car place and the guy is clearly Hispanic and clearly English is a second language, if he's like, oh, good afternoon, friend. <laughs> that's like... No, but it would real- be like, el, el queso, blah, 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 friend. Right, yeah. Because it would be all in Spanish except <laughs> friend. So uh, I'd say... Buenos dias, friend. Yeah, did you guys see that story that Lenny Dykstra said that he hired private investigators to like research all the umpires and because he knew they were secretly having gay sex, they would give him good calls at the plate? What? This is true. And then he story. said it was no coincidence that he led the league in walks. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. Why would but didn't, why would he admit that? No, but didn't Lenny Dykstra lose his mind? Didn't he wasn't he in jail for a while? Well, yeah, I'm but sure still, but still. <laughs> oh, wait, was, he, was he the financial guru also? That yeah, has, yeah, who, who yeah. would, like, force, yeah, so force all lying. the, he'd force all the maids to have sex with him and stuff? Yeah. He said he spent 500000 to hire private investigators to spy on umpires and use their secrets, including affairs and gay sex, as leverage. Can you imagine that? Like, he's at the plate, and they're like, strike! And he's like, hey, man, I know you're fucking your, uh, your secretary. What? what? That was a ball. Ball yeah. one. <laughs> he said. He said he would essentially threaten the umpires to go public with the information unless he got favorable calls. Wow. <laughs> he said their blood's just as red as ours. Some of them like women. Some of them like men. Some of them gamble. Some of them do whatever. Uh, the strategy was effective, and he goes, "It was. It, it wasn't a coincidence. I led league in walks the next few years, was it? What a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, honestly." <laughs> 
think that he spent like almost five hundred grand on these guys, on these private investigators. If you think wow. about it, though, that's very effective. You spend five hundred grand, now you get a, a contract for like thirty million. So that, and that's, now he's dead broke. Yeah, and then the last piece of information that I saw today was that now there's tapes of Jared talking about fucking little kids that he did oh, have. God. He did. Yeah. You guys saw that? That Jared did have a young boy once, and it was wonderful. It was the greatest oh. thing ever. That's disgusting. Yeah. Like, I thought the gross. I, I thought, I mean, that's gross. We know he did that. But, like, for me, I think it was, I was most shocked that the person recording him was a former journalist who he who befriended him because she had suspicions of child pornography and sex and all that stuff. So Jared didn't know her background. He didn't know what her deal was. He just thought she was a friend who was also into, like, child trafficking. So Jared let his guard down, and at one point in this conversation, he said to her, "What about any of your kids? Are they hot? Would they want? Would you? Would they be okay with you setting up a camera in their room?" He Jesus. asked a woman. It was a woman to film her own children for him. Here, here's the exact quote: "Are there any of your kids? Are, are, oh no, he said, are there any of your kids' friends that you think are pretty hot? <laughs> oh, pretty hot? Talking about a kid." <laughs> He said I'd fly. He said I'd fly us to uh, Thailand or wherever we need to go. I, I'd fly us across the world if we need to to Thailand or wherever we need to go. If we're gonna go try to get some young kids with us, it would be a lot easier. Should now th- this goes back to my theory about taking a guy like Jerry Sandusky in this case Jared Fogle, putting him in the Coliseum and let putting him in a meat suit and letting lions eat them, and if they could. I I mean, honestly, and it would be it would be the biggest pay per view ever. It would beat Mayweather Pacquiao. It would get ten. It would be the first ever pay per view. The biggest pay per view ever, I think, is four point four four point eight million buys, which is Man, uh, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, the Jared Fogle assassination video, or the Jared all Fogle, right, all no, right, in the Coliseum <laughs> wearing a meat jumpsuit, running yeah. around with lions attacking him. That would get ten million people yeah. to watch it. Yeah, I would, they'd be lining. They'd be lining up. You, they would. You wouldn't watch it, Sam. I don't know. Base? I would. Right, good. So, I would. Ryan, would you watch it? I'd watch it. I don't think I'd pay to watch it, but I'd, I'd find the video and watch it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we'll wrap it up on that uh, on that piece of information. On <laughs> <laughs> that high note. Yeah, we'll, we'll wrap things up on a high note. I want to I want to watch Jerry get eaten by lion. No, wait, wait a minute. I would never. Wait, okay, enough of that. Eh? What do you mean enough, Sam? The guy's a scumbag pedophile. I know. I just don't. I don't want to watch anybody get eaten. Is the point? I won't pay to watch somebody get eaten by lion. That's the point. You wouldn't watch Jerry get eaten by a lion? No, I wouldn't watch anybody because it's disgusting. That's don't the. You understand that? That's the quote of the day. I don't want to see anyone get eaten. <laughs> I mean, All right, guys. Yeah, that, that's fine, but I don't want to. Okay, that's the point, moron. All right, on that, on that, we'll let you gentlemen go. <laughs> Sam does not. Just to make things clear, Sam does not want to watch anyone get eaten. Noted. And we'll hold right. you guys. Thank you. Next week. All right, later, boys. All right, yeah. later.